Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 130 of the Money Love Podcast. Let's talk about sticking to your budget today, shall we? This is going to be a value-packed episode. (laughs) We're covering a lot of ground here. And this is one, I know I say this in a lot of episodes, but I really do mean it this time. I mean it every time I say it, and I especially mean it now. This is one that you might want to sit down and really give some thought to, but also take some notes on to implement the 10 tips that I'm going to be giving you in today's episode about how to better stick to your budget. I have helped a lot of you create a budget. And in my world, I actually call it a money map instead of a budget because what I've noticed is that for a lot of people, the word budget just sends people into a tizzy. It sends people into a spiral. A lot of people have a visceral reaction to that word. And so years ago, I was just like, all right, well, if the word budget is triggering to you for whatever reason, let's just call it something else. Let's call it a money map. Let's call it a spending plan. And money map is what I landed on. So for the purposes of the title of this episode, I referred to it as a budget. But moving forward, I'm going to refer to it as a money map now that we've cleared that up. Just so if someone's like finding the episode and they're like, what's a money map? A money map is just what we call a budget here. But I have helped many of you, whether it's in a past course or whether those of you who are in the membership now, which is essentially just your roadmap from getting where you are now to where you want to go financially. That's all a budget, a money map, a spending plan is. It's essentially just evaluating where am I currently, where do I want to get to, and what is the roadmap to getting me there from a financial perspective across the expenses that I have to pay for now in the present moment to you know what debt do I need to be paying off, what past obligations do I need to take care of. What are the future things that I need to be saving for, whether it's a long-term goal or short-term goals? And then also, how can I be using my money in the present moment to add the most value into my life, to express who I am as an individual, to direct it towards the things that are going to make me the happiest, and again, that are going to bring the most value into my life? That's all a budget is. We don't need to make it this bad, nasty, negative thing that so many people think of it as. But creating your money map is the very first step. And once you've created it, it feels really good and really amazing because you're like, yes, I did it. It's all nice and pretty. It's in front of you. It's in an app. It's in a spreadsheet. It's written down on a piece of paper, whatever method you feel most comfortable using. But then real life happens. And then you go out and you start living your life and things start to happen and you're spending money. Expenses pop up. Something breaks down in your car. Your dog needs surgery. Your kid has the field trip that they just told you about. And all of a sudden, it feels like this beautiful money map that you've created has just completely gone out the window. And that's what I hear from you guys so often is, I did it, Paige. I created my money map, but then life happened and I'm really struggling to stick to it. How do I actually take that next step and stick to the plan that I've created for myself? 
which is what we're going to talk about in this episode today. I have 10 tips for you that from what I've seen are the biggest hurdles that people face when it comes to actually sticking to their money map. I'm not going to be giving you surface level advice in this episode. You'll notice that a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today are actually more mindset based. I know. Shocker, right? Shocker. Shocker that the fact that a lot of the reasons that you're actually struggling to stick to your budget isn't something tactical, although I do have some tactical tips for you, but a lot of the issues simply stem from your mindset. So we're going to start with mindset and move into more tactical tips, but I have 10 of them for you. And again, each one of these are what I see most often with you guys. When you're telling me, okay, Paige, check the box. I got my money map. Now I can't stick to it. What gives? Why are things falling through the cracks? Let's jump in. Again, we have a lot of ground to cover here. The first one is probably the most important because if we do not have this first one down, nothing else that we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode matters at all. And here is the first question I have for you. Does your money map even mean anything to you? Does it mean anything to you? And here's what I mean by that. I feel like I see so many people creating a budget or a money map simply out of a sense of obligation. They do it to check the budget box. They do it because they feel like it's what they should be doing. Like it's just this, like everybody has a budget, so I need a budget. This is just what you do as a responsible adult is you just, you sit down and you make a budget. Now, here's why this one is important because anything that you are simply doing out of a sense of obligation, out of, well, this is just what I should be doing. If you're doing it simply to check a box, but then once you do it, your money map doesn't mean anything to you, then of course you're not going to stick to it. If you are going through the motions simply just to check a box, you have no incentive and no motivation to actually follow the plan that you've just made for yourself. So this is the first and most important one because when you create your money map, this living and breathing plan actually has to mean something to you. Because if it doesn't mean anything to you, then you're not going to check in with it. You're not going to follow it. You're not going to use it as a guide. And again, nothing else after that really matters. And I know this one sounds really obvious, but you would just be shocked at the amount of people that I talk to where it's so clear to me. I'm like, you're simply just doing this to like go through the motions. You're simply just doing this to check a box. This plan that you've created for your money, like I can very easily see it doesn't mean anything to you. You've just done it because you feel like you should do it. There has to be meaning, purpose, and tension behind your plan. You have to know why you're doing this thing that you're doing. And for me, I'll tell you, what makes my money map matter to me is knowing what it does for me, is knowing, okay, this is just the roadmap. It's the blueprint, like I said, of where I am now to creating that future version of Paige and the life that she wants to live. Because the fact of the matter is there is a financial reality to that life that I envision for myself a year from now, 5, 10, 20 years from now. That is going to require certain financial resources of me. And this is the plan that's going to get me there. I have a very specific vision of where I want to get to and what I want to create. And this is how I'm going to do it. I've used this analogy a lot in the past, but I'm going to use it again 
because, I mean, you know me, repetition is key. But to me, this is kind of the equivalent of going on a road trip and either having no destination in mind or having a very specific destination in mind. If you are somebody who has a very specific destination in mind, and this is a destination that you've never been to before, you know that you're going to need a map, a GPS, instructions. You know that you're not just going to be able to get in your car and start driving and end up exactly in the place that you want to go. Now, if you're just getting in your car and you're like, I'm just going to start driving and wherever I land, I land, fine. And the truth is there are some people like that. There are some people who are like, I don't really care. I don't really care what my life looks like. I don't care what results I create. I don't care if I live a life of rinse and repeat. And I don't say that in a bad way. Like That is a choice that is available to all of us. But I know for me and for most of you listening to this podcast is that's not us. We have a life that we know that we want to create. And because of that, we need instructions and directions on how to get there. And that's what your money map is. That's why I call it a money map because it is. It's just a map. It's a set of instructions to say, if I just follow these directions and these instructions, I will get to the place that I want to go. But that's why this has to mean something to you. It has to be meaningful to you. You have to understand the power behind it, the clarity that it gives you and where it gets you. And once you understand that, you're like, oh, okay, I see now. Now this actually is meaningful to me, which sets the foundation for everything else we're going to talk about today. So I ask you the question, and I really want you to give some honest thought to this, is whenever I create a plan for my money, does it actually mean something to me? Like, am I doing this just to check a box or do I do it? And then after I do it, I'm like, okay, here's the plan. Now let's go execute the plan because I understand this plan is going to get me to where I want to be. The second tip I have for you is how are you viewing your money map? A lot of people view their money map or their budget as something that tells them what they cannot do. They view it as this restrictive box that they are putting themselves in of, well, I can only spend this amount in this category, or I'm not able to go and do this thing because I don't have the money to assign to it. They are so focused on what their money map is telling them that they can't do that they completely miss all of the things that their money map is telling them that they can do. And I'm here to tell you right now that if you are somebody who makes a plan for your money and then immediately is like, well, I can't do this, I can't do this, there's this missing, there's that missing, there's not enough to go here or not enough to go there. When you just have an energy of lack and of scarcity and not enough and this isn't good enough, you will rebel against that. You will rebel against that plan, which means that you're making it practically impossible on yourself to stick to this plan. Because when you're constantly looking at your plan and telling your plan like you're not good enough, that's not something that you're going to be able to stick to long term. And I actually have an episode coming out for you soon where we're going to be talking about the concept of appreciating your money, regardless of your current financial state. Appreciation is the heartbeat of sufficiency. 
And so viewing your budget, not as what's not in here, what do I not have enough of, what can't I do? And looking at your budget for all that it does for you. That's what your money map is. It's a list of your priorities and it's a list of all of the things that you value and the things that you are getting to say yes to. What you're doing when you're creating a money map is you are giving yourself permission ahead of time to spend money in certain areas. And when you can view it from that lens, you will approach your money with love, with respect, with sufficiency and appreciation, which will make it so much easier to be closer to your plan and stick to your plan. So how are you viewing your budget? Are you primarily focused on what's lacking and what's missing, or are you more so focused on, okay, here we go. This is where I get to send my money this paycheck or this month. And if you're wanting to do more work on this specific one right here, I encourage you to go listen to episode five of the podcast. So I know we're going way, way back here, but it's an episode called Your Budgeting Mindset. And we really kind of dive into that episode, having a healthy mindset around your budget. That's another great episode to go dive into. Number three, do you have an all or nothing mindset when it comes to your budget? This is so common so common that I see with so many of us. Here's what I mean by having an all or nothing mindset. First of all, are you striving for perfection with your money map? A lot of you think that you're going to create this plan and you're going to execute it perfectly. (laughs) There's going to be no bumps, no bruises, no ups, no downs, no deviations from the plan. You are going to execute it perfectly Get a 10 out of 10 so that you can get your gold star and get a pat on the back of good job and not have to face failure and the uncomfortable emotions when things don't go perfectly according to plan. That truly is one of the most harmful mindsets that you can have with your money map is when you have an all or nothing mindset and you strive for perfection. I have never once, nor do I ever plan to, have a money map that I stick to perfectly. Every single month when I make my money map, I never make it under the assumption of, okay, here's my plan for the month and this is exactly what it's going to look like and it's going to go perfectly. Now, I know you guys are like, but Paige, this is an episode about how to stick to your budget and now you're just telling me that it's impossible to stick to my budget. And what I'm saying is that I think that when you go into the mindset of this has to be perfect and I have to do it perfectly in order to be quote unquote good with money or to quote unquote be good at budgeting, you're simply just setting yourself up for failure because it's never going to happen. And I actually think that it's a much more helpful mindset to you to know I'm not going to do this perfectly and that's okay because when you understand that there's going to be things that come up and you're going to have to move some things and shift some things and move around some money and that's not necessarily a bad thing, when you can be fluid and flexible and roll with the punches, you're actually so much better at sticking with your budget overall. Because here's the thing, you guys. I want you to stop thinking about your budget in terms of like individual categories because that's how most of us do it. We think I have my eating out budget. I have my clothing budget. I have my personal care budget. I have all of these disparate line items in my budget. And the goal is to nail each one of those line items perfectly. But to me, 
the most important thing is the overall shape and size of your budget. I call this like your size of the pie. And what's most important to me is, are you staying within that size of the pie? And are certain things being taken care of before others? And that's why I teach you to have a priority of your money. I teach this inside the overcoming overspending process inside the membership. I've also done a past podcast on this. It's episode 43. But that's why I teach you, okay, we cover the most important things first, needs, then debts, then financial goals, then sinking funds, then wants. And so if there's money, especially in that want category, kind of shifting around, like let's just say you set $300 for yourself for eating out and you set $100 for clothing. And at the end of the month, you actually end up spending $350 in eating out and $50 on clothing. It's six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Like in each of those situations, you've spent $400. It's just a difference of what. Now, what most people do is they will look at that and they'll go, oh, shoot. Well, I overspent my eating out category by $50. Like I failed. I can't do it. This isn't perfect. I didn't execute my plan. But to me, when you can view it as It's okay for things to ebb and flow. And what's most important is just the overall size of my budget. And am I following those priorities? That's what's most important. Because here's what I see. When you hold yourself to this perfectionist fantasy, and it is, it's it's a fantasy, right? It's a delusion. When you hold yourself to this perfectionist fantasy around your money map, and you inevitably don't meet that perfectionist standard. When you're in that all or nothing mindset, what happens most of the time is you throw your hands up in the air and you go, I give up. I can't do this. I'm not good at this. I'm not cut out for this. And then you stop trying. And then you're not making a plan for your money, which means that things really start to go haywire when you have no plan and no guidelines and no structure. Or you're the type of person who is in the screw it mindset. If you find yourself in this cycle a lot where you're constantly like, well, this is too far gone. I've overspent too much. Screw it. I'll just start over next month, right? Or I'll just start over next pay cycle. Like if you're that person that's constantly like, I'll try again next month or I'll try again next paycheck. But until then, it's a complete free for all. Those are the cycles that you get yourself in when you're in that perfectionist standard. So what we need to do is just strive for progress here. Am I just getting a little bit better month after month, paycheck after paycheck, understanding that I'm going to make this plan and I'm not going to hold myself to an impossible standard of sticking to it perfectly. If I don't stick to it perfectly, that is not grounds to completely just give up and say, okay, well, this budget is too far gone. I just have to wait until the start of the next month. You can actually start a budget whenever you want. Did you know that? You don't just have to wait till the first of every month or the first day of every pay cycle to start a budget. You can start a budget whenever you want. Maybe I'll do a future episode on that. We don't really have time to dive into that. But I just want to tell you that when you're holding yourself to that perfectionist standard or when you're in that all or nothing thinking, that is a pattern that you will continually see is, well, let me just try again next month. Let me just try again next pay cycle. So is that you? Come out of the perfection, girl. It is not serving you. Tip number four is, are you committed to this process over the long term? Which kind of plays into number three. When you're not holding yourself to a perfectionist standard, when you can give yourself the gift of imperfection, you are much less likely to give up. And this is something that you will actually stick to for the long term. 
this might sound a little cheesy, but it's true. I don't view my money map as just something that I do. I view it as a part of my life. It is an important part of my daily routine, of my life. It means something to me. It has value to me. It is important to me. And because of all of those things, this is something that I truly view as a lifestyle. It's not just something that I do. It's like this is who I am. It is a part of me and it is an important part of my life. So I ask you, is this something that you are committed to over the long term? I know I use health a lot as an analogy, but I think it's just a helpful analogy. Like if your health is something that is important to you, moving your body and eating nutritious foods and getting good sleep and making sure that your body has what it needs is something that not only is important to you, but it's something that you realize that you have to do continuously. It's not just something that you can do and then just be like, okay, like I've checked that box for the rest of my life. Don't have to worry about this anymore. You understand like, no, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life, but I'm willing to do it because it's important to me. Your money and your money map is the same way. So is this something that you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to do it for this month or this year or a couple months and then, you know, I won't have to worry about this anymore. No, like, I'm sorry, but no. And I know that some of you guys don't want to hear that, but I don't view my money map as a burden. I don't view it as something that like, oh, I have to do. I got to check this box. It's an obligation. Like, oh, the misery of my money map. No, it's something that I love. I enjoy. I respect. I value. And because of that, it is an important part of my life that I know I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Like I think some people think like, oh, well, eventually you'll get to a financial position where you don't have to do this anymore. And I can truly, without a doubt, say I cannot see a reality where I don't have a money map. I don't care if I'm making millions of dollars a year. I'll still do it. I will still have one. And in fact, I think it's even more important to do the more money that you have. I think that's another common misconception is like, only when you're financially struggling, only when there's not a lot of money coming in, do you need to do this. And I think that, yes, it's important in those situations. But I also think it's important when there's a lot of financial abundance, when there's a lot of money coming in, even more so. Because the more money you have coming in, the more you need a plan for that money. So are you committed to this for the long term? Is this something that you see being a part of your life? Because again, the more you view it that way from a long-term perspective, the more you will check in with it and respect it and it will mean something to you which will make it easier to stick to. Number five, how often are you checking in with your money map? This is one that we've got to debunk, okay? We've got a lot of debunking to do on this one. I have often shared with you guys that my money map is something that I check in with, I would say, almost every day. It's actually pretty rare for me to have a day where I'm not checking in with it. And I don't check in with it for long, like one to two, maybe three minutes a day. On payday, it's a little bit more than that. I'd say 10 to 15 minutes. Now, this is not me saying that you have to check in with it every single day. However, in the context of this conversation of checking in with your budget, it's so much easier to stick to your spending plan the more often that you are checking in with it. So many people think, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the time to check in with my money every day because they're thinking, first of all, that that requires like a half hour every day. And people are just like, well, I don't have that every day. No, it requires one to two minutes, which let's be real, all of us have. 
All of us have. Like, do not sit here and tell me that you do not have one to two minutes. That's just ridiculous. All of us have one to two minutes a day. What most people do is they're not checking in with their money on a regular basis. They're only doing it every once in a while. So they're checking in with their money once a pay cycle, once a month, when the credit card statements show up. And they're trying to make a plan from those very infrequent check-ins. What happens in situations like that is when you're not consistently checking in with your plan, you actually have to spend so much time and mental energy just getting yourself caught up and trying to remember what happened, right? Like for most of us, we can't even tell you what we had for lunch yesterday. Our memories are just so strained with all the things we have to do and all the things we have to remember, let alone what that random transaction was for from two or three weeks ago. Like forget about it. So a lot of people think I only have time to check in with my money a handful of times every single month. But then when they do that, they have to spend so much of their time racking their brains to remember what was that for? Where was that? Like, I don't, I don't really remember what that was. And also refamiliarizing themselves every single time with their plan and their processes. And so it's exhausting versus just doing it consistently, doing it every day, doing it every other day, doing it three to four times a week. When you do that, the irony is that you're still spending the exact same amount of time because I've done the math, but you have to spend much shorter pockets of time and you're not spending that time feeling frustrated, feeling forgetful, feeling like, why can't I do this? Okay, how do you do this again? How do you do that again? Why is this doing that again? That's not the energy that you're approaching your money from because it's fresh, it's practiced, and you have the advantage of recency and repetition on your side. So I'm like, listen, you can check in with your money every single day for one to three minutes, get in, get out. You're like, boom, boom, boom. I know this. This feels comfortable. This feels familiar. I feel super confident doing this. Or you can check in with your money for 30 minutes to an hour once a month, having to go through 30 days of transactions, racking your brain of like, well, what was this? What did I do? Feeling frustrated, feeling resentful. And that's the energy that you're going to be approaching your money from. But it's it's the same amount of time either way. So a lot of people think, I don't have time for this. I can't do this. And my argument is, no, but actually this makes things so much easier. And in the context of sticking to your budget, which leads me to point six, The more often that you are checking in with your budget, the easier it is to stick to your budget because it allows you to be proactive and future focused with your budget. So many people budget in a way that is past focused, that is reactive versus proactive. And I've used this analogy before. I actually give this analogy in episode five. And I know it's a little gruesome, but I actually think it's kind of a good analogy. So just, you know, stick with me. I heard someone say once that when you are budgeting in a way that's reactive, where you're simply just coming into your money map once every couple of weeks or once a month, and you're just like tracking your transactions, it's so reactive because the damage has already been done. The money has already been spent. So in that context, it's kind of like a private investigator who is investigating a murder, right? They're showing up to the scene of the crime. They are looking for evidence. They're seeing what happened. They're trying to figure out how did this happen? all of the details surrounding it, but the person's dead, right? Like 
the person's gone. There's no bringing the person back to life. The damage has been done. There's nothing that can be done on that front. It's basically just like gathering data and gathering evidence at that point, but there's no saving the person. And when you're not checking in with your budget consistently and when your budget is reactive and past focus, that's what you're doing. And I hear that from a lot of you guys. I hear like, Paige, I just feel like this is very reactive for me. When I go and I check in with things, it's like, well, can't go back now. There's no turning back now. I overspent that category by $500. So if you are somebody where you find yourself a lot going, well, crap, well, oh, well, blew that, blew that way out of the water, then having your budget be something that is proactive, that is future focused, will completely change the game for you. And going back to the last point, the more frequently you are checking in with your budget, easier it is to be proactive versus reactive. Imagine getting to the end of the month and being like, well, I blew my eating out budget by $500. You're not realizing that and catching that until you've overspent by $500. Versus if you're checking in consistently, you can see like, okay, how am I tracking towards this goal? How are we doing? You'll know the second that you overspend in that category. Now, if you keep choosing to go after that, that's your choice, but it's a conscious choice that you know that you're making instead of just getting to the end of the month and going, whoopsies, overspent by $500. So your money map should be something where you are making these decisions ahead of time. You have a pool of money available to you and you are deciding consciously ahead of time from your prefrontal power. What do I want to do with this money? Where do I want to send it? What purpose do I want this to serve for me over the next two weeks or over the next 30 days? And again, you're not going to do it perfectly, but when you can check in with it consistently and when it's proactive, you have such a better chance of sticking to it. Which leads me to number seven, which is, are you actually referencing your money map before you make purchasing decisions? I know this one might feel a little triggering to some of you. It's like shots fired here because I know a lot of us are guilty of this. And I have to say, this is probably the one that I struggle with the most. But again, let's walk through this process. You create a money map at the start of a month or a pay cycle. You tell yourself, okay, the plan for this month is to spend, let's say, $800 in groceries for my entire family. There's the part that is tracking your spending in this category every time that you go to the grocery store and spend money in this category. But then there's also the moment in time that comes beforehand. Before you go to the grocery store or before you go to the restaurant or before you go up to Ulta or Sephora, are you actually checking in with your money map to see how much money do I have left in this category? There was somebody in the Overcoming Overspending membership who posted this in the Facebook group how for the first time in her life, she actually created a plan for her money and actually referenced it for something. She was like, you know, I got invited to go do this thing. And in the past, I would have just blindly been like, yep, sure, no problem, let's go. And I would have gone and I would have spent all this money. She said, but for the first time ever in my life, I actually had a plan and I got the invitation and I referenced my plan before I answered the invitation to see is this something that I can actually do? Does this fit within the plan? And again, so many of us are reactive. We go to the grocery store with just this mindset of like, well, whatever I spend, I spend. 
whatever groceries cost is what they cost. Or we just go out to eat a bunch. We're just like, okay, well, I'm going to go out to dinner and whatever we spend, we spend. And then again, you log it, you log the transaction. Oh, shoot. Well, that pushed us over for the month. Then you're in that all or nothing mindset. Well, this month is pretty much screwed. Might as well just try again next month, right? Are you guys seeing a lot of patterns here, right? Am I am I describing you? Have I like pegged you pretty well? I feel like I have. Because trust me, like I am you, you are me. We all do this. We all struggle with this. But it's like, why have this plan if you're not going to reference it? Going back to my roadmap analogy, this would be like you having a very specific destination in mind that you want to get to and you actually having the directions, the GPS to get there. But then you start driving and then you're like, well, I'm just not going to reference these directions. Like I have the directions. I'm just not going to use the directions. So then you come up to a turn and it's like, okay, well, do I need to turn left or right? And instead of actually looking at your map to say, oh, I need to turn right. Oh, I need to turn left. You're like, eh, doesn't matter. We're not going to look at the directions. Let's just guess and let's just pick one and, and just hope it gets us to where we want to be. Of course, you would never do that. That's why I ask you, after you make your plan, do you reference your plan? Which then goes back to number one. Like, does it mean anything to you? Are you actually looking and referencing your plan when you go into Ulta and Sephora? Are you actually like, hey, do I have money in my beauty or personal care or miscellaneous budget category? Like, do I actually have the money to be spending on this? Or are you just like, well, I'm just going to buy what I want to buy and, you know, I'll check out and $300 later, we'll just see where this lands, <laughs> right? Because we all know how easy it is to just drop $300 in the blink of an eye in a Sephora. So that's number seven is you actually have to be referencing this before you make your purchasing decisions, not after. Again, that's being proactive versus reactive. Number eight, is your budget realistic? All right, this is a big one. Part of not being in the all or nothing mindset and also being committed to this process over the long term is also the commitment to continual improvement. And where we have to start with that is evaluating is this plan actually realistic for me? I think that food, I know it's a common category, but I think that food is one of the areas that most of us struggle with in terms of actually sticking to that category. And sometimes the issue is a lot of the things that we've talked about today. And also a lot of the times the issue is just that it's just not realistic. And I think what gets us into this trap is we tend to start looking at what a bunch of other people are doing. And I see this a lot. It's like, well, what do you spend on groceries? What do you spend? What does it cost you to do this? What does it cost you to do that? And you're asking these people that have completely different situations than you. It's an apples to oranges comparison. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, this person over here who's you know single and just feeding themselves, they spend $300 a month on groceries. So that's what I should be able to feed my family of five on every single month. And so we create these budgets and set these targets for ourselves that are just completely unrealistic. And so part of this is, yes, am I falling into any of these other traps? And I think another big part is, am I being delusional here? Is this actually realistic for my situation? And one way that you can easily pinpoint this is, are there certain categories where I tend to just be going over and over and over repetitively? It just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. And I typically find that sometimes the easiest thing to do in situations like that, instead of 
strongholding yourself into this lower number is just to be realistic, to just make the number bigger and find that extra money elsewhere. Are there line items in your budget where you're continuously going over and others that you're continuously going under? If you have situations like that, it's real easy. Just take money from the categories that you're typically under, move it to the categories that you're typically over. And yes, what I was saying before, it kind of is like six of one, half dozen of the other when it all comes out in the wash. But why this step is important is that it helps build your confidence in yourself and in your money map. It's absolutely not a problem to be moving money around categories. But when you can proactively take steps so that you don't have to do that, not only is it going to save you time, effort, and energy, but it's also going to help build your confidence in, okay, I made this plan and I'm doing a much better job at sticking within this plan. And part of that is A, being realistic, and B, doing evaluations. I think it's really important to do evaluations either at the end of a pay cycle or at the end of a month and ask yourself what worked, what didn't work, what went well, what didn't go well, what categories was I over, where was I under, and based off of that data and information, what adjustments can I make? Because if you're committed to doing that process on a consistent basis, Every single month, you're going to make tweaks. And every single month or pay cycle, you're going to be getting better and closer and tighter. And yes, again, you're never going to reach the point of perfection, but you can get better. You can get to a point where things are more accurate and where things are more dialed in so that your plan keeps refining over time. Now, a good episode to go listen to is episode 119. And that episode is called Reflection Realizations. Every single month inside the membership, at the end of every single month, we do what's called a reflection call, where I actually walk you through this process, where we reflect on the previous month. And we ask and answer those questions. What went well? What didn't go well? What could I have done better? What did I learn this month? And how can I implement that into just doing a little bit better next month? And episode 119 is actually just a replay of one of the calls that we've done inside the membership. And so if you're not currently doing a reflections process, I highly encourage you to start doing that. And episode 119 will walk you through that process, the questions that we ask, how to do that. And you will actually get to hear a real live call inside the membership, which is cool. But are you being realistic? Are you making adjustments? Are you making tweaks? All that good stuff. Number nine is, is your budget simply just a list of bills? That's super common. Or Is it a holistic plan that takes care of yourself in the present, the past, and the future? A lot of people, when they think of making a budget, a money map, whatever, they're simply just focused on the present moment. They think, okay, what money do I need right now to pay my bills and make sure that I can buy groceries and make sure that I can buy this, you know, new cute top that I want? It's very present focused. And that's not really what a money map is because a lot of people will just take out a piece of paper, write down their bills when they're due, the amounts, which is good. 
Don't get me wrong. That's not a bad thing to do. And that is a part and a component of your money map, but it's only one small component of your money map. That can't be the only thing that you're doing. If that's the only thing that you're doing, you don't really have a money map. All you really have is a list of your bills, which again, not bad to have, but there's so much more that goes into a holistic financial plan than simply just what bills do I have to pay this month. Now, here's why this is important when it comes to sticking to your budget. Because again, when you create a budget the way that I teach you to do it, walking you through the priorities, the five priorities, you are taking care of all of those things. You're taking care of present, past, and future, not just the present. You have priority one, which is your needs. Priority two, which is your debt payments. Priority three, which is funding a financial goal. Priority four is your sinking funds. And priority five are your wants. So priorities one and five, take care of your present moment. Those are the things that I have to pay for now and I want to pay for now. Needs are the things that I have to pay for now, like mortgage, rent, utilities. And your wants are the things that you want to pay for now. Your priority two, your debt payments, takes care of the past. It takes care of any obligations or any money that you have quote unquote spent in the past that you are now repaying. And then priorities three and four take care of future you because you're paying yourself first. You're funding a financial goal. You are funding sinking funds that are going to cover larger expenses that are coming down the road 12 to 18 months from now. So it's this holistic plan that covers all these different parts, the past, the present, and the future, not just simply the present. But here's why this is actually important when it comes to sticking to your plan. When it's covering all these different parts, it also means that you're being proactive, not reactive. You're being future-focused, not just present-focused. And that is actually so helpful to sticking to your budget because it's going to eliminate those situations where it feels like things just come out of nowhere, expenses just fall out of the sky, where you're like, oh crap, I totally forgot about this. Now I have to send $500 towards my kid. I have to send $300 towards my pet. Oh, I have to pay my car registration. Oh crap, my Amazon Prime subscriptions due this month. Totally forgot about that. Those are the situations that tend to derail us the most. It's where money is required of us, where we forget, we're not prepared, we're not ready for it. And so then those expenses happen. And it's like, well, where am I going to get this money? Where am I going to pull it from? Am I going to have to put it on a credit card? Am I going to have to pull it from another category? And again, playing to all the things that we've talked about here, then you kind of get into that all or nothing of like, I can't do this. There's always something. I can't get ahead. Why should I try? So then you give up. And it's just this vicious cycle that this creates. When you can have a priority for your money and you can be proactively preparing for those expenses, there are actually very few instances where you aren't prepared, where you aren't ready. And even the things that you're not expecting that surprise you, like your garage door breaks. We had that happen to us. Our spring on our garage door broke last week and we had to pay $300 to have it fixed. Because I had been putting money aside in a home sinking fund and getting ready for that, I'm focusing on the present, but also the future. That wasn't something that 
derailed me. And also all the things that I know that are coming, like again, car registration, Amazon Prime, insurance premiums, annual subscriptions for things that I'm subscribed to. I'm also ready and prepared for those things. None of those things surprise me. None of those things shock me. And so when they happen, I'm prepared. I'm not having to pull that money from other places. I think for most people, that's one of the biggest struggles to actually sticking to your budget is where you don't just feel like you're drinking water out of a fire hose, right? Where it's just like all coming at you at once. You're looking forward 12 months from now, 18 months from now, and actually asking yourself the question, what's coming? What do I need to get ready for? What do I need to prepare for? I can tell you for me, this is just one example. Like in YNAB, I have a line item in my YNAB budget that I call annual memberships slash subscriptions. And years ago, I took the time just to sit down for 30 minutes and make a list of all of the annual subscriptions. Okay, I got to pay for Amazon Prime every year. I've got to pay for Sam's Club every single year. I've got to pay for YNAB every single year. And I made a list of all of those things. I totaled them up divided that by 12, and came up with a monthly amount that I now contribute to this sinking fund. So now when it comes time to pay our Sam's Club membership, it's not like, well, shoot, where are we going to get that money? I have it there. It's there in that category. I've been saving up for it every single month for the last 12 months. And I've become really diligent about making sure that that list is clean and accurate. When I cancel a subscription or I'm no longer paying for something, it gets taken out. When I add something, it gets added in. And that running total is constantly being updated. I'm evaluating it on a consistent basis. And for those of you who are like, that's a lot of work. It's not a lot of work, A. And B, it's work that I'm willing to do to save myself the frustration and the headache of not being financially prepared for those transactions. So I ask you, is your budget just simply a list of bills? Is it just present focused or is it holistic looking across the past, present, and future? Tip number 10 that I have for you to round us out is how clear are you on what you are doing with your money and where you are sending it too. I talked a lot about this in episode 118, which is an episode that's called How to Make Saving Easy and Exciting. I think that the last part that I see of this a lot is people constantly dipping into their savings, right? I call it like playing that ping pong match between your savings account and your checking account. It just feels like there's money constantly flying back and forth between those two accounts. I move money into savings, then I realize, oh shoot, I overspent or I don't have what I need. Money has to come back in to checking. And I feel like the more detailed that you can get with your money map or your spending plan, the better. I feel like a lot of people resist getting specific with where they want their money to go or the things that they're saving for because they don't want to be pinned down. But what I say to that is, A, you can always change your mind. Of course, that's always an option available to you. And B, it will actually help you stick to your budget so much more the more specific you can be about what is this money being used for? Why am I putting it aside? What do I plan to use it for? When you're not clear on that, your money simply just becomes like a pile of money sitting in an account. You simply just transfer it into your savings account just to do it. Again, to check a box to say that you did out of obligation to be you know, a good money person. But when that money doesn't mean anything to you, it's not assigned to anything, you don't know the purpose of it, it makes it so much easier to dip into that pool of money when there's no trade-offs associated to that decision. 
when you can get really specific about what am I using this money for? Like, what's the purpose of it? Am I saving for a trip? Am I wanting to put extra money towards debt? Am I saving up for a home down payment? What is this money for? Then having to use it for something else other than its intended purpose creates more friction. It makes you think twice before doing that. So the more specific that you can get, the better. Don't just have your money just like sitting in random places, not knowing what it's for, just like having these like piles of money in your account, which I know isn't everyone's situation, but it's actually a lot more common than you were think. Zero-based budgeting. Again, I talk about this in episode five. All zero-based budgeting means is that I have a purpose for every dollar. I have given every dollar a job and an end destination. And when you can do that, you are so much more likely to stick to your budget when you understand like, oh, wait, well, if I want to go spend this $300 at Ulta and Sephora that I don't have, where is that money going to come from? It's either going to go on a credit card, which I don't want because I don't want to go into revolving credit card debt, or I'm going to have to pull that money from my Costa Rica trip or from saving up for my home down payment or on my kid's Christmas. And when you can view it that way and know what the trade-offs are to your decisions, it gives you motivation and incentive and like a stake in the ground to actually stick to your spending plan so much better versus being like, well, it's just a random $300 sitting in a savings account. Like who cares, right? There's no friction, no pain associated to using that money. So the more specific you can be, the better. There we go, y'all. I told you, I told you this was going to be meaty. (laughs) This episode is almost an hour long. Wow. So I appreciate you sticking with me. And I really hope that this episode has been helpful to you and has given you some things to think about and consider some tweaks that you can make to your money map. The last thing I will say is if you are needing help with this, you're needing help creating a money map or you've created a money map and you need the help, the accountability, the coaching to actually stick to it, come join us inside the Overcoming Overspending membership. This is a huge part of the work that we do. I don't create your money map for you. That's a common question that I get is like, well, do you create it for me? No, I don't create it for you. I just simply don't have the time to do that. Or there would have to be a hundred of me doing this 24-7. But I do give you the roadmap and the tools and the plan and the process to do it for yourself. I give you all the tools and the guidance that you need to be able to do it for yourself. And then I can help give you the coaching, the tools, and the accountability to stick with it, to make refinements, to work this into being something that is a long-term plan and process for you. Remember that you guys as podcast listeners always have a discount code available to you that gives you $30 off your first month. You're simply going to go to overcomingoverspending.com. Use the code MLP30, like Money Love Podcast, MLP30 at checkout. So you can join us for your first month for only $49. Come join us. I hope to see so many of you in there. I love you so much and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. By being a member, you have exclusive access to my Overcoming Overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, 
a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.